Our guest today is a great singer-songwriter who's the lead singer for the Prague supergroup Flying Colors. He's also the founder and member of the band Alpha Rev. I'd like to welcome Casey McPherson. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. So I understand you're in Denver, you're snowboarding. How's that going? Well, it's blue skies. I had a day off and I just thought, you know, better than sleeping in a hotel room all day that I could get out and snowboard. So it's uh, it's been pretty awesome. So day off from the Alpha Rev tour, is that uh, what you're up to right now? Yeah, our record cycle is kind of starting to wrap up, and then Flying Colors, you know, we're getting getting ready to go in the studio in December, you know, so that's going to start amping up. Um, it's kind of a it's the, the cycle, you know, the, the the cycle of running two bands at once. I mean, Steve Steve has it way worse than I do because he's on right. he's on the road 450 days a year, you know. But uh, but for me, my Alpha stuff's kind of winding down a little bit. Yeah, I don't know how you guys find time between uh, everybody's busy schedule to uh, do this thing. I mean, Portnoy is in like uh, five or six bands, and uh, Neil Morse has his few bands. Uh, so you guys find about two weeks out of a year to do this whole thing? Yeah, you're exactly right. I mean, we're, the the last time we were planning on making this record was in March, and so we carved out one week in March, and this this uh, other week in December it's the second week that's been available this whole year. So we're all pretty stoked about it. <laughs> that's awesome. Um, yeah, I'm thrilled to hear that it's a continuing project and there, there's more music coming. So let's um, go back a little bit to uh, the beginning. You know, what got you into music and how did you get started? Yeah, sure. You know, I started playing piano when I was a kid, uh, playing in, you know, being classically trained and, uh, and singing in choir at church, you know. So that was kind of my, my training in the very beginning and, and classical music, obviously. And I think that's where I grew my first love for Prague, you know, was, was getting into classical. And that the only rock music that neared the classical music, um, was dream theater, you know, at least, at least in my circles. You know, I I started li- listening to them. Not not um, uh, I, I didn't get super into the prog scene because it, it wasn't my strength. But but um, and and strangely enough, I still really don't listen to as much music as I need to. But you know, I I uh, fell in love with Dream Theater when I was an early teenager and started being in bands and jamming with guys during that time. You know, and then short, shortly after, really, I I, uh, I got fired from a couple of churches for cussing over the microphone. So I figured <laughs> I, I was gonna I was going to um, make a band so I could be in some clubs and and do my music and and uh, um, and then you know I released a, a record uh, a couple of records with my band Indochine, and that's where Mike first heard me, and that's kind of where the relationship began there. Right. Uh, he mentioned that in the live shows, that it was one of his favorite albums. So after that uh, project, you started Alpha Rev. What was it that caused you to um, end Endosheen and uh, move into Alpha Rev? Well, we were pretty crazy in Endosheen, you know. Um, we uh, Our van would catch on fire. Um, we would, you know, have uh, just, we were super wild. Some of the stuff I probably can't even say, you know. Um uh, so I just won't, but you can just imagine <laughs> anything you can imagine. That's what we were doing. Right. And, and so we just kind of imploded, you know, we got, 
we we were selling records, we were independent, and we wanted to stay that way. And but it was hard. It was hard, and and um, emotions ran high. And I, uh, the drummer, and I got in a big old fist fight, and you know that was the end of it. Yeah, all the good stuff. Yeah, all the good stuff. So right. you know, I really I, I started Alpharev with this intention to be like, man, can I be healthy and play music for a living? You know, is that possible? So, you know, Alpha was kind of formed out of that, and it's been my band, and I've had different members in there, but it's never been like a, it's not an equal member kind of thing, and and that's, you know, what really excited me about Fine Colors is I didn't have to carry the weight anymore, and uh, all of a sudden I'm, you know, uh, kind of thrown into this thing that I get to be a partner with and not, not, the, not the main guy, you know. So when you get the call about Flying Colors, uh, is it Mike that reaches out to you? And uh, what did you think when you got that call? Um, and how did that whole process get started? <laughs> well, I wasn't really sure who this guy Bill was that called me. He calls me and says, you know, we were thinking about getting the guy from Muse, but we thought maybe about trying you out because uh, Portnoy mentioned that he liked you and that you'd be the perfect guy for the job. And I was you know, last time I saw Mike was, uh, when we were making records, both at, um, a studio up in New York. He was finishing their, I guess, maybe his last record with Dream Theater. And I was finishing my, uh, record that was on Hollywood Records at the time. And so, uh, you know, he and I kept up a little bit, but he had Bill reach out to me and he said, man, I want, I want to send you a song idea that Neil and Steve had kind of come up with. Um, and see what you think and see if there's something that interests you. So he sends me a 15 minute long song. <laughs> right. Well, you know, I'm just like, holy shit, this is amazing. You know, I mean, because, because I'm used to dealing with three minute songs. And when I get to four or five minutes, people look at me and they're like, oh man, what are you doing? That's way too long. <laughs> so I was like, oh, this is going to be great. I got a creative outlet. I got, you know, it's, I was on a label. There were some, there were some problems legally, whether I should do it or not, but I just went for it, and it all worked out. Were you familiar with any of the other guys and their music? Obviously, um, Steve, I was. Um, and then after listening to some dregs, you know, I was uh, nervous in the presence of Dave LaRue. Right. You know, that guy is a monster. And, um, and then... You know, Neil, I didn't know anything about Spock's beard um, or Transatlantic. And you know, getting to know Neil has been like a really big surprise and a really cool thing because he's a super awesome dude. And he's just, the guy can play anything and he can write in his sleep, you know. And, and so watching me jumping in there, I was sure they were going to fire me the first day. You know, when I got in there and I, I had my keyboard and my guitar and they're playing in 30-second notes. And Steve is like, it's something like this. And then Dave's like, oh, you mean like this? And Neil's like, yeah, what if you added this part? And then he, he adds more, and then they play it. And I'm still trying to figure out if it's, a, it's in the key of G or not, you know? So so that, I was like, okay, well, I'm going to stick to singing right now. And, and then I'll play, I'll back up Steve with whatever parts that, are simple that he's writing that he wants me to play. And I'll throw in my two cents when, when there's room, you know, and I've, I've put some sprinkles of keys and guitar in there, but you know, obviously I'm, I'm, uh, 
I'm wanting to show support for the brilliance of, of those guys. So it's been, I was really glad they didn't fire me and, and it's been a really, really awesome experience. Yeah, that's uh, exactly what I imagine uh, that room being with those guys. So uh, Neil and Mike are used to writing these 20, 30 minute songs and uh, working together a lot. It seems like they produce these albums and these songs in uh, a week or two uh, all the time. Um, was was that kind of speed and process a whirlwind to you? Uh, and were you comfortable working in that environment? How was that like? Well, strangely enough, it was, you know, I came in pretty prepared with a bunch of ideas. Um, so, you know, I felt like I did all my work before I got there. Right. And... And so when we, when, when I saw how fast they moved, it was actually kind of freeing because I'm used to spending rehashing a three minute song over and over and over again and changing a chord or changing a word and just really being nitpicky. And one thing great about Mike that, um, it's a, it's a gift he has is he's not overly precious about what he's doing. He's like, let's feel it. Let's do it. Let's get into it. If it feels good, if it sounds right then let's, let's do it. Let's not talk about it, you know? And, uh, and because of that, he's able to be extremely productive. Hmm. You know, it's, it's, uh, it's really fascinating the, the, the rate he works. And a lot of that has to do, the speed of the records that Mike's involved in has to do with Mike because he's fast, you know, and he, he keeps things moving. And, uh, and I, you know, I've, I've definitely learned a lot from him in that regard. Yeah, that's interesting because uh, even with um, his last album, his last group, the Winery Dogs, uh, it seems like they announced the band one day and then uh, three months later the album was out. Yeah, that's Mike. So is it hard in a room with uh, those type of individuals to figure out who has a final say on an idea or was it uh, pretty much a democracy? Well, you know, this time around, uh, we're not going to use a producer. So last time around, we could use Peter as the final say. Okay. And this time around, it's going to be different. And, you know, all the guys are super humble. None of us, none of us have to have our way. You know, we've all been doing this for a while and it's really about the music and it's about the communication between each other and the enjoyment of that. So, you know, we can all make compromises because a lot of times it's not a better way. One way isn't a better way. You know, it's just, one way is of one way. Right. And that's the beautiful thing about prog music in general is that it's about a piece. It's about a, it's a, it's about a journey in the music. It's not about one or two notes, you know, yeah. and that, that, I think that frees up a lot for creativity. So I don't see us having a, any problems and, and, uh, you know, Michael probably, let's see, I'm trying to think of the strongest personalities, but I'd say it'd probably be Mike and Neil have the strongest personalities. I mean, Steve would be third, and then, you know, and then Dave and I. What was it like for your fans getting to know this music? Uh, and to that extent, um, the Dream Theater and Spock's Beard fans getting to know you as well? You know, I really don't know. I, I think it's been working. Um, you know, it's the, the beautiful thing about it is if it's a true music lover, then they love both. You know, um, if it's... Uh, you know, if it's a person part of the scene, then they may be get they may get a little freaked out. You know, one may be cool to them, and the other one may not. But but most people it seems to have been a really nice change on both ends. And the tours uh, looked like they were a huge success. Um, 
If there are future tours for the next album, are there plans to do some more shows in the States uh, instead of um, the last time I know you were only able to do the two? Yeah, we hope so. I mean, you know, it really boils down to Steve's schedule because we, you know, we, he needs to have time with his family and, and, uh, time with purple. And, and so we're, we're, you know, we want flying colors to be an enjoyable thing for every single guy. You know, it's important that it feels it's not our, uh, claim to fame. It's our outlet. Right. You know, and, and I think, us keeping it that way keeps it really light and enjoyable. So we're, we kind of just find the holes after the record's done. We're going to find the holes and, and, uh, book some shows. So hopefully we have more in the States because we really want a longer tour there for sure. I was at the New York show, uh, where in the beginning, I don't know if you remember, but Neil's keyboard wasn't working and it went on for like 10 minutes and Mike and Dave had to keep on playing the opening to Blue Ocean, which was pretty funny. Uh, it went over pretty well, but um, it seemed like a real Spinal Tap moment there. <laughs> yeah, especially because it's kind of a bass solo, you know, and, and uh, there, were, there were a few Spinal Tap moments, you know. We, we had uh, that happened. And what, what you don't know about that show, too, is that I was playing a, a Nord as well. And that was the last time I played keyboards in the band because that Nord, I always transpose it because they're playing in B flat or something. And, and so I was playing a couple of choruses and I was like, well, I'll just tune it up a step playing or up, you know, a whole step and playing C. Well, I forgot to tune it up. <laughs> and the, the sound guy comes up to me after the show and says, man, you were playing out of key the whole entire <laughs> show. Was that the whole show? Yeah. I mean, I, I only played keys on, I think two or three of the songs. So, I'm sure he just shut it off after he found that out. Yeah, probably. I didn't notice anything out of key, but uh, yeah, that's funny. Yeah, it was funny. So I just dropped the keyboard and played on guitar because those those guitar minis I'm trying to play with Steve are still, you know, they're really easy for him, but really difficult for me. So I spent a lot of time practicing that stuff. <laughs> I like how uh, you guys added songs uh, in the shows from each um, band member's previous bands. But what was the reason for uh, putting in Hallelujah, which is on the live DVD? I think I was singing it during a sound check, uh, and Mike started freaking out. He's like, dude, you got to do that. And I said, because that only happened like halfway through the tour. So I started doing that. Um, It's one of my favorite songs to sing, and and, uh, he thought I should do it. So I said, okay, you know, I'll I'll do it. It's a a little break in the set. You know, sometimes sound checks, weird things happen. Cool. Um, let's just go back to the album for a second and the songwriting process. How did the songs come together? Did each person start apart or were you guys jamming in a room together? How did that work out? Well, you know, I mean, there, there wasn't a rule, but we definitely had some ideas that I had brought to the table, um, some ideas that Steve had brought to the table and Neil, and, and then some ideas that Steve and Neil, having written together, brought. Um, this time around, it's going to be similar, but there's some ideas that we've all worked together on Skype and then some, some loners. And so we kind of, you know, have this whole pod of things that we've little licks and little lyrics and chord progressions. And that's, that's our seed. And so we bring that seed into the space and, and then we just start going and, and, uh, and then after, you know, we do a week of that and I just, I start, I sing stream of conscious. So I just make up words and sounds. 
So, you know, the sound of a word is really important to me. So I'll start with that. And then Neil and I will go in after everybody's left. We'll work on lyrics back and forth. Once we've agreed to that, then I'll come back and sing all the vocals. It's kind of, and you know, Mike, he lays all his drums down uh, in a day. So, uh, Probably my favorite song on the album is Everything Changes. And I was uh, wondering what the story was behind that song. Uh, and also the beginning part, the beginning guitar part, reminds me a lot of, of stuff from um, one of Steve's solo albums. Is that something that he came up with? Oh, yeah. That's straight out of Steve's brain. Right. You know, and and I hope that we get more of that on this next record because it's just that stuff is so beautiful. You know, you know I, that song and, and some of the other ones... There's this underlying theme that I was going lyrically for was a vampire that was seeking to be human again um, in the sense that that he was, you know, thirsty for something that was destructive and and uh, and then saw the frailty of, of the human experience and, and wanted to get back there. And, and so the idea of us being humans and wanting to get you know, when we get locked down on whether it's money or, or, um, power or whatever it is that, um, that becomes our kind of blood that we continue to need for us to feel like we're living, you know, to, 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 to kind of shed that stuff and find kind of freedom by not needing any of that stuff anymore. So that's, there's a lot of underlying kind of themes that they went along with that. Uh, I, I couldn't quite do a concept record with it, you know, for this particular one, but but that's a lot of what I was thinking about. Uh, very cool. Just to touch on the last Alpha Rev album that came out earlier this year, uh, how was the uh, album and the tour, and, and is that still going on, and what are plans with the band moving forward? Well, the tours went great. I mean, we started in March, and we're kind of, you know, starting to wrap up now. Um the record did well on what they call AAA format radio. Right. Um, my last, the first record was fairly acoustic, so it was fun. Um, but I, you know, I'm ready to get kind of, I love playing around the campfire, but now I'm ready to turn up the amp, if that makes <laughs> right. sense. So, you know, I'm starting to kind of write for that record and the label on Kirtland is great. And, and, um, and yeah, so that's, you know, that's been going good. Easy. Very cool. Looking forward to that. What uh, bands are you into these days? What kind of music are you listening to? One band I just saw the other the other day that I don't know if I'm into them, but what I love about <laughs> them is they don't care about structure of a song. It's called the OCs, and they're kind of punky and they're kind of indie and they're a little trendy, but the idea that they take a chord progression and dynamically bring it up and down, up and down and, and in and out. And, and I really love that. Um, you know, obviously I'm a big fan of Muse. Um, yeah, there's some of that on the album, right? Yeah, for sure. And I, I've never really got to do a lot of that stuff either on the alpha rep stuff. So I was really excited to, to be operatic, you know, in some of the flying color stuff. But, um, Let's see. I'm trying to think. I'm, you know, Cigarettes. I'll still put them on. You know, when uh, uh, I, I get a lot of ideas just by listening to them. So those those are a few of the bands I'm checking out right now. 
So, uh, yeah, man, that's it for me. Um, thanks for, for spending some time. I really, really appreciate it. And, uh, you know, I just want to say that uh, all the, the guys in the band and now Flying Colors and, and the music you guys do is really some of my favorite music. And I really look forward to some new music from you guys and uh, hopefully some new shows. And I will definitely come out and see you guys again and um, all that stuff. And good luck with, with everything. Please do. And let me know when you show up and we'll throw you on the list. Awesome. Very cool, man. Uh, enjoy the snow out there some more if you can, and uh, we'll be in touch. Thanks. I will. Thank okay. you, brother. Thank you. Appreciate it. Bye. Okay, we're going to close with a track from the Flying Colors Live in Europe CD, the track All Falls Down. Check out theprogreport.com for more information and upcoming interviews. Thanks. Shall we become women in all